Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? You're fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna me for my ambition. Into episode 134. It's Friday. Friday, May 6, 2016. I hope you're not too hungover from yesterday. Cinco de Mayo. That's right. Cinco de Mayo was yesterday. Arriba, arriba. That's right. Yesterday was Cinco de Mayo. And guess what? There was a basketball game yesterday, and it was another classic. There's one game going on right now. If you're listening live, or if you're listening to the podcast, the Cavaliers are only up three on the Hawks now, 43 to 40. About midway through the second quarter, it's a lot closer than the first game, obviously, or the second game, obviously, when the Cavs went off. Now it's 46-40. to 40. I still anticipate the Cavs to win tonight. Obviously, the next game after that is another big game between the Spurs and Thunder tonight. Big time game three tonight for that one. As the series is tied 1-1 going back to Oklahoma City, it feels like it's been nine years since they played last played on Monday night. So it's been a while, but the Cavs and Hawks, and now the Cavs are up 48-40. to 40. They've gone on a quick little run here, second eight-point lead with about 6-18 left in the second quarter. But last night's ball game, we're going to get to it here in a little bit. Andrew Norris is not on right now. He's at work. He's stuck in the gym at work on a Friday. You talk about a tough time to be at work right now, late on a Friday. Brutal, brutal stuff there. Again, episode 134 here on CLNS Radio in the Hoopers Log. My name is Simo Buckets. The guest call-in line is 323-642-1558 is the number. We are going to preview the weekend for you, the second round weekend a little bit for you today. That's mostly what we're going to have. And we also have some rumors flying around the NBA when it comes to news overall in the landscape of basketball. That is kind of the norm right now going on. It looks like Frank Vogel finally finally got some contact with the Knicks if they know what's best for them in New York they're going to sign Frank Vogel immediately and they're going to get him on that team I don't care make it happen five years 30 million make it happen do it now get him to a long-term deal because if you do you're talking about championships in one million dollars absolutely you're talking about championships in the garden down the road. I'm telling you, this team won't win a title in the next five years, but they will get very, very close with Frank Vogel. And if you want to take the next step in his organization, as an organization, Frank Vogel is the guy. They, could they win a title in five years if they get Frank Vogel? Sure, if they make the right draft pick, if they get the right moves, make the right moves for the right roster, Frank Vogel can get them there. But will they win it? I don't know. And that's all speculation. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if Frank Vogel's actually going to sign with the New York Knicks, and I'm just talking out of my butt. Kevin Hart, get it going. All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. Kevin Hart is in the building. Hey, we got someone on the line. 360, 
How you doing? How's your day going, 360? I'll tell you what, man. I'm a huge fan of the show, man. Long-time long oh, caller, first-time listener. It's uh, it's always good, man. To, uh, <laughs> it's always good to sit here and uh, listen to you guys talk about hoops, man. Is this Steve Silver? Is this Steve Silver, you know the man, is. the myth, the legend? Absolutely, That's buddy. It. Hey, uh, did you watch that game last night between the Raptors and Heat? Were you checked in on that game, too? Uh, no, man. It was Cinco de Mayo. It was Cinco de Mayo. I'm sure you can understand what yes. I'm doing, bro. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you had a cerveza, you had a you had yeah. a margarita, you had a little bit more yep. than that, some tequila. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, you got it done. Yes, That's sir. what I'm talking about. And as you know, as you know right now in the Pacific Northwest, it is absolutely gorgeous and uh it, there's really if you don't like it outside right now, then maybe you should just uh go to Antarctica cuz that's about what else you're looking for. It's perfect. I mean, it you're telling you people, it rains here about 6 months out of the year. Sometimes it feels like 9 months out of the year, and these last couple of days, this last week or so has been absolute perfection. It's been 75, 80 degrees out, clear sky. I could see every single mountain range out here in the Pacific Northwest to a perfectly clear crisp capacity it's been beautiful out here in the pacific northwest going to baseball games the mariners are good again thank god 17 and 11 yeah. they've won they're 12 and 4 on the road they're unbelievable right now and they're getting it going here shortly in houston obviously a four-game series there big time stuff going there but this is a basketball show we got basketball to talk about last night in the game i did not check in i was busy i was at softball practice on a beautiful day obviously out in, in west seattle uh, beautiful time there, uh, but the Raptors got it done in game two, 96-92. Jonas Valanciunas again going off, 15 points, 12 rebounds, and they found a way to get it going in overtime, finally knocking off the Heat, a back-to-back overtime game, 96-92. to the, uh, the, the the Raptors are a team right now where you can say it all you want. Their backcourt's been struggling. They've not been playing well at all. I mean, Damari Carroll... He has not shown up as much as we thought he would, obviously. Obviously, 21 points last night playing great. Jonas Valanciunas has been the star for this team. But again, Kyle Lowry, not shooting well from the field still. 7 of 22 from the field, 18 points. Look, whenever you score, whenever you have more field goals attempts than you do points, you're not shooting the ball well. And that's been Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan this entire playoffs. Look, yesterday they combined for 16 of 46 from the field. That's not going to get it done. And fortunately, again, Jonas Valanciunas has been playing off his rocker and playing great basketball for the big men. But when you got guys like Goran Dragic, 20 points off, off uh, 12 shots, 8 to, 8 to 12 from the field, 4 assists. Then you got guys like Hassan Whiteside coming in, putting in work, 13 rebounds, 13 points. And Dwayne Wade, again, just the longevity of Dwayne Wade, 17 points, 3 assists, 6 rebounds playing off his rocker in this one it just did, this is going to go seven I mean we all know this is going to go seven these two teams are playing out of their mind right now when it comes to their ability to keep these games competitive and the Raptors found a way to get it done tying it up 1-1 well what's your take if you've been watching any of these games or any basketball as a late uh even even talk about the first round Steve Silver what's your take on what's gone on in the postseason so far to this point I'll tell you what, uh, my biggest storyline, number one, is the Golden State Warriors. Um, I I think what they've been able to accomplish without Steph Curry just basically goes to show you the length and the depth that that team actually possesses because a lot of people just thought that this was, you know, that team was just, you know, a a good team. Like, you know, if you take them off, it would be like a 63-win championship competitor, you know, a a, a team.
team that could easily get to the second round, but that's that's you know, but that's about all they possess, and they've been showing you quite uh, quite handily that no, indeed, they're a much better they're a much better basketball team than a lot of people gave them credit for. Uh, so I, I I really do watch that team. Uh, uh, I really do watch and join that team. But the, the one thing that I even find it even more incredible that people are uh, trying to overlook the Portland Trailblazers uh, and the job that Terry Stotts has been right. doing on there in Portland. Yes. That's, actually, that's actually a pretty good team that a lot of people are like, well, you know, it's against the Warriors. This should be, you know, this should be just like an easy, you know, easy pick. And I'm like, well, you know, the Blazers can ball. Yeah. Yeah, they can. And here's the thing with the here's the thing with the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, you mentioned it yourself, Warriors and Blazers. They're going to play Saturday night, uh, 5:30 p.m. Pacific on the ABC. Obviously, the primetime game to watch in that one. Warriors go to Portland. They're going to be here only about 200 miles south of us, uh, out here in the Pacific Northwest. Steve Silver and we know what it's like in uh, in in Portland. I don't know if you've ever been to a game. I'm sure you have. Of course, I have. Um, it gets it gets loud there. I mean, it gets loud. Look, people talk about Oracle Arena being loud. Portland is another animal by itself. When that crowd gets into it, look, I went to a playoff game two years ago, the year the Spurs won the championship. I went to game four anticipating a sweep uh, with the Spurs. They were up 3-0 in the series. They lost. Look, let me tell you something. I know that the, I know that the Spurs lost that game four to Portland. It wasn't because, it wasn't because uh, the Spurs were struggling. It's because that crowd gets into the game. They, they got up for their team. They wanted to get one victory. Look, and if there's one thing the Trailblazers can do with or without Steph Curry, it doesn't matter if they had him or not, this team can get in your head a little bit from the standpoint of the crowd getting just out of control loud and creating that, that, that hostile environment that the, that the road team should or the home team should provide. Look, this Warrior team, they're coming in again. They're, they're, what we saw, and I, I know you heard probably the show yesterday or the day before, me talking about the impact of Draymond Green. This guy is playing like the MVP of this team the way he's been pretty much since December, January, when he's really been a huge part of the team. And, and from the standpoint of this team moving forward and this game between the Warriors and Blazers, I think the Warriors could win – on uh, on Saturday, obviously beating the Blazers, but let me tell you, it's going to be a dogfight. And the way the Blazers have been playing this season, like you said, Terry Stotts. I was just talking about Frank Vogel, how he just got let go by the Indiana Pacers. You talk about if you were to list off five coaches in the league right now that have serious impacts on the entire organization, not just from the standpoint of star-studded power or legacy or what they've done, but from the standpoint of actual importance on the, on how the team works. I mean, obviously you got to put Greg Popovich, but Terry Stotts, Frank Vogel. uh, I mean, people are going to say Steve Kerr, but he hasn't been there for a long period of time. He's only been there for two years, a year, you know, two full regular seasons, but from the standpoint of longevity and impacting the team, you got a guy like Eric Spolster who's been on the heat for almost eight years. Now you got guys like Dwayne Casey who really had an impact on the roster in Toronto. Those kind of coaches have big-time impacts on their team. And when you talk about a guy like Terry Stotts, I mean, I said, look, I was mostly joking at the beginning of the season in October when I previewed the Trailblazers. I said, look, if they sniff 30 wins, you got to give Terry Stotts the, the coach of the year, considering, look, and I said it before the year, Nicholas Batum, probably when healthy, the best player on the Charlotte Hornets. LaMarcus Aldridge, you've seen him the last two games against Oklahoma City, the best player on the court, period. He's been the best player on the court, no doubt about it. Then you got a guy in, uh, in uh, uh, Wes Matthews who's in Dallas, who's, who was hurt, don't get me wrong, but he made a huge impact on the, on the Dallas Mavericks and helped them get to the playoffs. Then Robin Lopez going to New York, helping them out, and he had a couple of great games this year. In fact, I think he had like five or six whiteboard-worthy performances this year. He, was, he played much better than he normally did. All four of those guys left the Blazers. 
Damian Lillard yep. had one guy in, in uh, C.J. McCollum improved drastically. That's why he won imp- most improved player of the year. And then everyone else around them just kind of filled into the mold that Terry Stotts created. 44 victories. They only fell off by seven games from a year ago. And now they're in the second round of the playoffs. And now, right now, as we speak, the line in, in Portland. And if you would have said this, if you would have told me this in October, if you would have said the line in Vegas on May 7th, 2006, Warriors at Blazers, game three in the second round of the postseason, the Warriors were only three-and-a-half-point favorites. If you would have said that in October of 2015, I would have said, look, I live right down the road from a, from a mental institution. Uh, you can go check yourself in, and uh, you can find a way to, uh, to, to get yourself out of there in a safe manner without having, you know, flying around the cage because I'm telling you, you're insane. But they're here. They're doing it, and that's all, like you said, to credit to Terry Stotts and Damian Lillard really, really putting the team on his back and saying, listen, guys, we got this. I'm going to tear you through, and I'm going to get you through. That's what this team's been doing, and that's what they've been going through so far. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean they've been getting away, getting away, getting by just on sheer guts and just sheer passion of playing the game. And what's kind of funny about this is you just highlighted the one thing that makes this season so great for Portland is just think about it. Think of all the talent that's left to think of. I mean, you know, if that talent was still there, I mean, uh, you know, good God, that would be just a wonderful, that would be a wonderful basketball team, but you know, to, to be able to do it. I mean, we saw exactly what happened with, uh, with Frank Vogel in Indiana and uh, you know, the lack of talent, uh, you know, and you know, what he was able to do with, you know, a, a, an, an undermanned Indiana team and get him to where they got before he was ultimately let go, which by the way was absolutely horrible. Uh, you know, a horrible, horrible move by Larry Bird. But, uh, you know, it, it, it just goes back again because Terry, he, he's he, just like Dwayne Casey uh, and, and just like Dwayne Casey, a very overlooked, underrated coach, one of, one of probably one of the better coaches in the league. I agree. No, and here's, and here's the thing with Frank Vogel. Look, and, and I mentioned this on the show yesterday. I don't know if you heard it. You're probably uh, sipping a lot of cervezas. I get it. Trust me, I get it. I would have done the same thing, but I was a busy man. Um, but yesterday I mentioned, look <laughs> – Frank Vogel's gone now. You got a, you got a place out there in New York where you got a guy in Phil Jackson. Look, this this now, right now, as we speak, as time has moved on since Larry Bird made the decision. And look, I'm not just because I'm on CLNS Radio for Boston programming, but Larry Bird's my guy. Like, I mean, when it comes to his mentality of just life, he's like, no nonsense, just get it done. And who cares what anybody else thinks? Like, that's Larry Bird. That's an awesome way to like go about things. And that's how he went about this circumstance, unfortunately. But I agree with you. Look. Frank Vogel is a guy where before he came into the spectrum of the Indiana Pacers, they were kind of just a fringe playoff team. You know, they weren't really anything, you know, like a 9-8 team in the East, which, again, the East is not very good. They're just not. And then all of a sudden, you know, year one, obviously trying to get the pieces together and get it all fixed. You know, that's going to happen when you first come in. And they, I think, either made the postseason or they were close. If, if they did, they definitely – they made it. They made the postseason his first year there. But they weren't anything competitive. They were like, a, they were like an 8-7 seed. But then the year after that, I mean, they, they really were – Bar none, they were bar none the best, second best team. If it was look, if it wasn't for LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and, and Chris Bosh all in their prime playing it on the Miami Heat, that that Indiana Pacer team makes back. They, they do. They make back to back NBA finals. They do. They do. They win the finals. No, but do they get there? Absolutely. I mean, they're going to play the Spurs in back to back years. But we're talking about Indiana San Antonio Spurs. Uh, NBA Finals back-to-back years in 13 and 14 if LeBron James isn't on the Miami Heat. It's just that simple. And people sit back and they say, oh, you know, they should have done better. They should. How can you? Look, you're head and shoulders, and, and that's, granted, it's Eastern Conference. But at that time, in 2012, 2013, 2014, 
you had no debate. Those were the two top teams in the Eastern Conference, and everyone knew it. I mean, it was it was Frank Vogel with uh, Paul George and David West and, and, and Roy Hibbert, of all people, and uh, and other guys like Lance Stevenson coming off the bench. And then you had uh, and then you had the Miami Heat with Eric Spolstra and the boys. And you knew that those were the top two teams. And every time they faced each other, it was on national television, and it was a it was a bloodbath. And that's what you yeah. expect watching those teams play. And then when you kind of step back from the scenario and the roster that they had in Indiana. Look, Lance Stevenson is a head case if, I've, if anyone's ever seen one. He is an absolute head case. And he is, as you've seen, he can't even fit into a place where Doc Rivers is at. And look, again, I'm not, on, not just because I'm on Boston Radio, but Doc Rivers is one of the best coaches in the league. And if Lance Stevenson can't fit in the same system with Doc Rivers, what does that say with a guy like Frank Vogel when he can fit him in and make him work? Paul, Paul George improved his game drastically because of Frank Vogel. Mm-hmm. He did. He got much better every single year. Guys like Miles Turner, last year as a rookie, he went from being kind of a no-name to then all of a sudden having some massive improvement because Frank Vogel put him in the right spot. Then you have guys like Monte Ellis who found ways to fit. Look, it's not going to take – it's going to take you maybe a year or two to become legit as a team. And I think this Indiana Pacers team, now to Larry Bird's credit, I think – if he wanted to go in a new, a new direction, this would be the time because they kind of are in a new phase. They have a new group of guys. But does that mean change the coach entirely? No. In my opinion, no. But if there was a time to change, it had to have been now. But now, and this is what I'm getting back to my point on, Phil Jackson, ever since Frank Fogel got left, this is Phil Jackson's time to shine, whether people believe it or not. If he doesn't want to win, look, if you don't want to win, I was mentioning the roster yesterday. Carmelo Anthony at the back end of his prime, back end, and then you have Chris Dabbs-Rosingas, probably the next one of the next top five big men in the league over the next couple of years. Once he, you know, once he gets back, once he gets into his prime, and then you talk about the surrounding pieces, guys that are developing over time. You're looking at a perfect scenario for Frank Vogel, where he's already got two super, two stars, potentially uh, one superstar kind of waning, and one superstar coming into the mix. You got a guy who is just ready to get it going in Frank Vogel. And if, if Phil Jackson wants to win in New York, he makes this deal happen. And I just mentioned it. You make a five-year, $30 million commitment up front, and if he's asking for more money, you give it to him. This guy has proven that he has found a way. When he has one superstar on his team, he can make anything happen. And that's what happened with the Indiana Pacers. And as an, I'm, I'm a Knicks supporter. I'm not a fan. I've been to Madison Square Garden. It's amazing. That place would get jumping if they picked up Frank Vogel. What do you think of that? Or if, if not just the Knicks, where else do you think he might go in, in this circumstance? Man, I actually thought Frank Vogel would have been a great fit in L.A. I actually think it's a, it was kind of funny is I actually think that's a no-win situation for Frank Vogel in New York. As much as I agree with you, I, I kind of am a Knicks supporter. Sure. Um, but the issue, the issue number one, uh, ownership. Ownership meddles yeah. entirely way too much with Phil Jackson's affair. And then second of all, Phil Jackson has yet to even prove uh, – Right. Give him all the give him all the credit you uh, you can. Eleven titles, eleven titles as a coach. You can sit there and knock him for Jordan. You can sit there and knock him for Kobe. But when you got eleven rings, man, that carries a lot of clout. And I give it to him as a coach. He has nothing like he has nothing to prove as a coach. But as a as a GM, as a president of back, basketball rate, uh, operations, pushing the buttons, he has yet to show that he you know you know that he is actually competent enough to build a basketball team. And the thing is, you think it was bad with Frank Vogel in uh, in in Indiana. And here's what I will say about this. And this is why I didn't like this. Uh, this move by Larry Bird because Larry Bird needs to check himself and look himself in the mirror. You can't get, you can't sit there and go up in a press conference and say that you need, you know, you need a new leadership and you need a new set of eyes and you want to have an up tempo, you know, up tempo style of a 
style of offense in Indiana, and yet you were the guy, you know, who gave him Roy Hibbert. You ain't going to be able to run with Roy Hibbert. Come on now. So, I mean, as much yeah. as as much as as much as he uh, as much as he uh, uh, you know wants to sit there and have those type of press conferences, and that's the one thing I didn't like about it. But Frank Vogel's now you know uh, uh, you know available, and he's, you're right. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna go everywhere. I thought he I thought maybe Los Angeles would be a very good uh, good fit for him because again, that is a that is a team that's in transition and as bad as it really does look right now in L.A. Um, you know they're 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 trying to shop their number one pick for a superstar to bring in and just you know and and really just hit the reset button and a guy like Frank Vogel would have probably given some stability probably wouldn't probably wouldn't win a lot in the first two years but by year three in Los Angeles you know that that would probably be a good fit the problem with the Knicks and I I, I agree with you with the Knicks I mean I know you and I had a, had this conversation on Twitter um, you know about the Knicks and the thing I the, my biggest sticking point is ownership and president in, in New York. And yeah, they got Chris Epps, Porzingis, and that's a nice little piece you can you can try to build around. But the thing about it is, they got nothing else. And the problem, and the biggest problem with New York is nobody really wants to play there. Nobody really wants to play there. And so you know, you're you're kind of under, you're kind of uh, you're kind of up, uh, you know, kind of behind the gun in New York because free agents just don't want to go there. So you're going to have to try to make yeah. trades. But the problem with that is, and as you know, there's only one piece that they have. That maybe some team might want to take on, and that's Carmelo Anthony. And outside of that, you ain't trading Chris Stapps for Singus. And outside of that, there really isn't much that teams covet from the New York Knicks. So, you know, that's to me, I would probably think that you know that that job might just be a little worse than the Lakers' job. And and we're talking about a Lakers' job that is that is probably one of the worst, if not worst, jobs right now in the league. Are you talking about just getting absolutely just like bookended by the Lake? Look, the Lakers they had a chance to sign a guy and Tom Thibodeau, and also a guy in uh, Scotty Brooks, who both went to Washington and Minnesota, and then yeah. and then, then they signed Luke Walton, which, I mean, you can't fault them. I get it, man. Luke flavor Walton of the week, man. Solid you know what I mean? Yeah, and then I mean, all of a sudden. It's a flavor of the week, man. Former, sudden, Laker, former Laker comes back to yeah. L.A., man. It's, it's, like a, it's, like a, it's already a, a made-for-TV Hollywood ending. I mean, it's, you, you can understand why they did it. Yeah, and, and, but then, but then, you know, literally like uh, like like four or five days later, Frank Vogel gets fired, and you're like, well, crap, we could have gotten Frank Vogel, and all we need to do now, and and I've heard the rumors that they're going to trade the first round pick uh, if they get if they get like a top three pick. I've heard the rumors that L.A. the Lakers are trying to trying to uh, get rid of uh, their first round pick so they don't have to rebuild. Look, and, and, and if you think about it, I mean. They already have enough babies on that team. They got Julius Randle, D'Angelo Russell. They got enough guys on that team that they can build around already. They just need to bring in some veteran presence. And who's to say that they won't go to Sacramento and try and get Demarcus Cousins for the first pick? Who's to say they won't try and go to Toronto uh, and, and maybe pick up? Obviously, they won't need to with Demar Derozan being a free agent shortly. Yeah. But uh, they're trying to. And they're, they're saying, they're he, and they're saying that he's going out there anyway. So well, exactly he wants to be right. in LA. So, I mean, he, Exactly, and so maybe who's to say that they're not going to try and go to Indiana and potentially try and look at Paul George for a first-round pick? You know, it, you got these options around for L.A. going on, and it's just fascinating from that perspective, knowing that L.A. just keeps getting screwed. And and, and as you keep hearing over time, look, if, unless L.A. can't figure it out here over the next three years, I mean, we've talked about this. We've talked about how that front office is in complete shambles with their uh, communication coordination and everything. Uh, a logistical perspective is completely in shambles. Look, if Luke Walton doesn't hit, look, five-year deal for for $25 million, uh, if he doesn't hit, you're talking about really, like we've talked about, the best organization in basketball, period. The Yankees of basketball really going down with the, with the ship. I mean, they're, I mean, they're already there. They're already sinking. But if Luke Walton doesn't pan out and this roster that they're trying to build doesn't pan out over the next at least two, three years, 
You're talking about a circumstance where the loss – exactly. You're talking about a circumstance where they're not going to be good for like – I mean for a very, very, very long time, and they may never recover. They may turn into the new Clippers. And then we'll be looking back, you know, as time goes on, we'll say, look, remember back 10, 15 years ago when the Los Angeles Lakers were the crown and the capstone of the NBA? Now it's getting to that point, man. It's bad. Well, what's interesting about it is that's that's how that's that's what happens when you're fundamentally mismanaged from the top, and uh, it, it started when Dr. Bus passed away, and, and and Jim Bus, his son, took over the reins instead of Jeannie Bus, and that team completely went downhill. And what's kind of funny is think yeah. about this, and I and I actually thought about the Lakers in in, in a little you know in, in kind of an abstract way. I can't remember a time where they've had a two or three year stretch where they were this bad. Like they were really yeah. this bad. I, I it's kind of it's kind of funny to me being a you know being a former Sonic you know being a former Sonic, well, still am a Sonic fan uh, and and, right. and and understanding that rivalry that Seattle LA rivalry. So we we saw a lot of the Lakers back in the day and even you know even before they got Shaq and Kobe and they were in that tra- transition from the end of that Showtime run of the uh, run of the eighties and and uh, late eighties and early nineties when you know when Magic had to retire Kareem retired and that team was basically built on Vladdy Divac Anthony Peeler and Nick Van Exel um, and. Yeah. And what was what was the difference between then and now is well they actually had assets that teams actually wanted they you know they ended up moving Vladdy Divac to Charlotte and I think they I think they even traded Eddie Jones uh, Eddie Jones with them and that, that freed up room so they can sign Shaq they drafted Kobe and Bam I mean it, for the Lakers it, it always just seems like overnight if they were if they were just a middle of the road team where they were real billing once they once they wanted to put on the button man they could they could do it overnight and this is that that's the problem with the Lakers is they just don't have assets. They do not have assets, and what's kind of funny, it'll be interesting right. to see. Even if they get, even if they get a top, a top ten pick in the lottery, I'll be interesting to see. It would be interesting to see if anybody even bites on that pick. It's all about those ping pong balls to the Los Angeles Lakers. Are you listening live to CLNS Radio, the Hoopers Log? The phone number is three two three six four two one five five eight in the SeatGeek Studios. Uh, and, and the funny thing is, is we talk about the Lakers, and we talk about how we talk about how potentially, you know. They're thinking of trying to sway guys like Kevin Durant, LeBron. It's not going to happen. But the funny thing is, too, them trying to get these big-time free agents. You know, we talk about DeMar DeRozan, who's probably more than likely going to go there. I wouldn't seem to say probably. I'd say he's more than likely going to go there. Uh, These rumors about Kevin Durant that I saw earlier today, you know, as a Spurs fan, I'm going to sit here and tell you, look, look, I mean, as much as I would like to see Kevin Durant pursue and at least get an interview with with the Spurs, as an objective overall, just stepping away from my fandom, and even if I was a fan of the Spurs, you got to look at it and be like, look, the the realistic capability of him coming to the Spurs, if he did put on a Spurs uniform coming into the offseason, I honestly think there would have to be some step in from a guy like Adam Silver. Look, four or five years ago when Chris Paul was looking at being traded from the Hornets going to the, uh, going to the potentially the Los Angeles Lakers, and David Stern shut down that trade immediately. This would be something where I think Adam Silver needs to at least step into these interviews with Kevin Durant and say, hey, look, if you want to make this league a better place to be, consider your options and try and not think about going to – not that he'll you know, tell him not to go to San Antonio, but he may just shut down that move altogether. He may let him go for like an interview. But if Adam yeah, Silver would, thinks that Kevin Durant – if, if yeah, Adam Silver thinks that – that would be a clear violation of the uh, the collective bargaining agreement. The league can't step in. Yeah. Uh, you know, they can't step on free agent negotiations. Now, what they can do is what you just highlighted. 
when it comes to trades, because we're already talking about team assets going from one way or one or other, we're talking about an unrestricted free agent, and the keyword there is unrestricted, so he can move anywhere. Yeah. He can move anywhere where he feels, and I understand exactly what you're saying, because you, yeah. you know, for the most part, you'd like to see an even-out balance between East and West. You don't, you don't want to see the West, you know, you don't want to see, you, you want to see actually some type of competitive balance in the league. But, I mean, what's kind of yeah. funny about this is, is think of it this way, though, man. And the way that I always look at this is, First and foremost, man, he ain't staying in Oklahoma City. Even though they can offer, they can offer him the most money. They can give him a, a five-year max deal, um, and he can he can stay there. But I don't think he likes Billy Donovan. I don't think he likes playing for that franchise anymore. And I think he really just wants to win. The problem, the problem with yeah. the problem with the thing about San Antonio, it, it, what was what's great about it is they they don't have a state income tax, and so he you know, right. he, he can go to a, he can go to a team where he can just he can just be on a team. Uh, you know, you know, uh, that's, that's, I was thinking about that this afternoon. It's, uh, you know, the idea of Greg Popovich. I mean, Popovich can sway some free agents and I'll tell you what, in a, on a team where he doesn't need to be that number one primary superstar, he can actually just beat himself and be Kevin Durant on a, on a loaded roster anyways. Oh boy. Oh boy. And he's going to, and you know, he's, you, you know, he's going to get, he's going to get paid. And what's great. What's so great about Kevin Durant right now in the Catbird CD is he can sign that two year deal with the opt out after one. Yes. You know what I mean? So he yes. can he can go to San Antonio for a year, opt back in for that second year, uh, and then you know potentially potentially no, negotiate a long term deal. I also like the idea of him going to Miami quite a bit actually. Yeah. The idea, yeah. The, the idea of Pat Riley, and that was that was so great when when what's his uh, when LeBron James went down there because LeBron James didn't have the power. That is Pat Riley's team, and the only thing that he acquiesced to is Mickey uh, Mickey Loomis, and that's it. That is Pat Riley's team, and he doesn't he he does not relinquish power to any any one player. And because of it, Eric Spolstra was you know was the one that was empowered, and so LeBron had no choice but to listen to Eric Spolstra. And you saw what happened. Uh, the idea right. the idea of a dude like Kevin Durant in Miami with that team, oh boy, oh yeah. boy. It, it's one of, it's one of those things where as a, as a Spurs fan, you know, and you make a good point. I think a two year deal opt out of one. Uh, opt-out option for the second year would be a great idea if he did go to San Antonio. But, I mean, you step back and you really recognize, like you said, the competitive balance and the circumstance that would lead for the for the NBA. I mean, you would have – I mean, just think about this roster. I mean, you could put you could put LaMarcus with, – especially with the small lineup opportunity in the NBA the way it's going these days. I mean, you could start out – you could have a starting lineup of LaMarcus Aldridge, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, and Tony Parker. I mean, you're talking about – that's – that's not – I mean, I'm just going to say it. That team should win 75 games every year. I mean, that's just how it should be. This team should not lose double-digit – I mean, I'm telling you, if, if yeah, they no, don't I win 70 that. games per year, like, that's that's a disappointment. They won 67 last year with the team they put together. What could they do with Kevin Durant on the floor? They shouldn't lose a game at home. They should probably win 27 games on the road. I mean, they're going to be that good if they find a way – to get it done if, if they do get a guy like Kevin Durant and they've been showing interest in potentially doing so. And, and then people talk about him potentially going to the Warriors. That is not a good fit at all. He does not fit in the Warriors system at all. Uh, and you mentioned Miami, which is another outstanding opportunity. I mean, you talk about it, like you said, Hassan Whiteside's growing into his body and growing into his form already. You put a guy like, uh, you put a guy like, you know, you got guys like Amari Stoudemire off the bench, Joe Johnson. He might, he may not sign with Miami again, or if he's a free agent or whatever, but uh, you got, I mean, Kevin Durant, Dwayne Wade, Goran Dragic, that's, that's, that's lights out. Like, and the, but the out. thing I've been saying, and, I, and the thing I've been saying since, you know, the, the beginning though, I mean, and it's not, again, not because I'm on CLNS radio, but I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I just, everything, everything spells 
Kevin Durant going to going to Boston. It just it just it just feel look, I, I don't know. I get this weird out of body experience when I start thinking about it. Like I start thinking of Kevin Durant in a Celtic uniform with that roster. I just sit there and I think, Oh my if he came to Boston the the amount of press the amount of leg, legendary success. I mean, I could just see him hitting a an eighteen foot fadeaway step back jumper in the Eastern Conference Finals to beat LeBron and the and, and the Cavs to go to the NBA Finals. I just see, I could see it like next year in twenty seventeen in late May. I can see it happening. I don't know why, but some reason it just sounds right and it looks right. And it just the team is already really complete. They just need that one guy, maybe an extra grade B super grade B star to join them. And and I'm telling you, write it up championships for I'm telling you championships for the next like two or two years, because that is how loaded the Celtics are. They really do have it all going. They just don't have that one guy that takes it over the top. You can say the same thing about the Atlanta Hawks. You can say the same thing about, um, Toronto, other teams in the NBA right now, but it is abs- I mean, the Kevin Durant speculation is only going to go forward even more. Um, and, but I, but you mentioned a point about how he's not going to stay in Oklahoma City. There have been a lot of talks about how potentially, considering what could happen with this series moving forward, especially after tonight. Tonight's a big game, Game Three, obviously. But what happens in this series, I think, will ultimately dictate what happens. If if the Thunder can push it to seven and it becomes a classic Game Seven. Look, I, I think I think he'll. I, that's when it becomes. I don't know where he goes, but I think if the if the Spurs just dominate these next three games, which I don't see happening, but if they were to, I could totally see Kevin Durant leaving. Now, if if it becomes a classic series, it goes back and forth. Even if the Thunder do beat the Spurs, which I think is possible, if they do, I think Kevin Durant stays if the Thunder beat the Spurs. Now, it, it, it's. It is gonna be it is gonna be nip and bud, and obviously the whole manipulation game is gonna take place throughout the off season up until that July first deadline. And as we know, those first ten days of July are just an insanity war of, of roster changes and all sorts of things going on. But I, I think Kevin Durant, like you said, like you said, the chances of him leaving are high. But I think if the Spurs, or excuse me, not the Spurs, the Oklahoma City Thunder were to beat the Spurs, I, I just don't see how Kevin Durant just leaves like that. I, I understand the whole point about Billy Donovan. But I totally get your point about him potentially wanting to leave, especially if they lose in the well, second round series. The one thing that I do know about KD, and uh, I don't know, you know, I, I really don't know him all that well. All right, let's move player. on to the I next. Got, uh, let's move on to the next topic uh, of games over the weekend. That was, that was pretty much all I wanted to talk about today. Not much to talk about on the show. It was one, only one game in the NBA last night. A couple of couple of things going forward. They're at the half right now. Hawks are up. Wow, they went on a big run uh, in the second half of that of that second quarter. Sixty three fifty five at half. Uh, the Hawks are taking the lead. Obviously, you knew they'd have that momentum going home. I mean, 35 points in the second quarter. You knew that was going to happen. Uh, they're up eight now at the half. Obviously, a whole second half of basketball to go. We're about an hour away from Spurs and Thunder. I will be glued to my TV watching that one. Obviously, as the as the, as the Spurs get it going, and out here in in the Pacific Northwest, we just we we just begrudge the Thunder because of what it it could have been. Those games could have been here. I mean, think about that. Think about that. And I know you hate to think about that, as I do too. Uh, this game would be here. Like it would be it would be at Key Arena or downtown Soto District. I mean, that's the frustrating part. I mean, every time the Thunder are in the postseason, I just think, man, that could have been downtown Seattle. I could have been at a Sonic game. I could be screaming my ears off. I could be deaf right now. Uh, that's that's all the stuff I think about when I see this, this, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder in the postseason. It just makes me bitter to the core. But game three tonight between the Spurs and Thunder, that's the circumstance there. Raptors and Heat, uh, that game will, game three will be tomorrow on ESPN, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. That's going to be a big-time game as well. I just think that series is going seven. I would not be shocked if there's a couple more overtime games. 
going on in that one as well. We mentioned Warriors and Blazers. That's going to be an interesting game, knowing that Steph Curry is officially not going to be in that game. It was said today on Fox Sports Radio that he is not going to play game three and potentially may not even play game four. Sunday games, uh, two games on the day on the docket. Mother's Day, by the way, is this Sunday. You better get your cards and, and gifts and, and flowers ready for your mom. At least a phone call minimum would be nice. Um, Cavs and Hawks play 12.30 p.m. Pacific, uh, 3.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time on ABC. That's game four. Game three is obviously going on right now. And Spurs, Thunder, game four will be on uh, Sunday afternoon, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that's that's pretty much all we got for today. Nothing much really else to go through uh, other than speculation and rumors and whatnot, but that's not what we're here for. Uh, Steve, what are you going to do this weekend, man? It, I mean, it is it is absolutely beautiful outside. Uh, there's really not much to complain about right now. I mean, I'm about to go outside and hang out for a little bit, get ready to go on a drive, uh, go see go see the go see the girlfriend, the missus. You know, what, what do you have planned for this weekend, man? It's absolutely perfect out here. Oh man, I'm I'm actually I'm actually homebound. I actually had a uh, if he's had a had a uh, had an accident not. while running today. He's not. I'm gonna put him back on mute. He's probably not listening. He probably is listening. He's probably away from his phone. Anyway, uh, getting back to the point, this weekend Mother's Day weekend, uh, if you if you gotta go at least spend some time with mom, you gotta go see your mom a little bit. Um, enjoy. It, it, be grateful for having. Uh, the best mom you possibly could have. I mean, some people out there may not have a mom that they maybe look up to as much as they should, but at the end of the day, our moms are what provide us with what we have in our life. And so, um, I mean, I'm grateful to have the mom that I have. I'm grateful to have the family that I have, the life, the roof, the food, uh, everything I have over my head, I'm eternally grateful for. And uh, for what I see on a, uh, on a, on a, on a daily basis, I, I couldn't be more thankful uh, towards what I have in my life. And for that, uh, I couldn't be more, more grateful for what I have. And I'm grateful for my mother and I'm grateful for, uh, I'm grateful for the people that helped me here on CLNS radio. And I'm grateful for the people here that are a part of what I do on a, on a daily basis since November. It's been, it's been a heck of a ride. I think, I think Steve Silver's back. Are you back here, Steve? Yeah. 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 He's just yep. listening. I think he's just listening. That's totally cool. Uh, You got to love when you fall off the air and when things get bad, right? You got to love it when that happens. I fell off the air a little bit there. That's what happens. That's that's the case sometimes. Anyway, I was talking about Mother's Day. Go enjoy yourself. Please enjoy yourself with the Mother's Day uh, things going on there. And if you if I cut out before the show, I apologize. It happens out here in the Pacific Northwest. Sometimes the uh, the uh, Internet or whatever, the, the landlines disappear. We're out of here. We're going to just get out of here on the show earlier here. Uh, we got about a minute left on the show. I don't know where Andrew Norris is at, but it's all good. Uh, we're going to get out of here on that one. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Go do something with your mom. Hang out. Watch a lot of basketball. We'll be here to preview and recap it for you over the weekend on Monday. Thank you again for listening, everybody. Episode 134 is in the books. Episode 135 will be on Monday, May 8, or May 9, 2016. We'll be back there for that on that episode there. Again, thank you for listening. I apologize for right now. That happens happens here sometimes, uh, but I'll be back on Monday to give you another preview. Thank you again, everybody. Have a good one. Enjoy the weekend, and, and go see your mom for me. Have a good one. Peace, everybody. <laughs>